Welcome to the Merge Feast, the podcast where we satisfy your cravings for all things Survivor. We're your hosts, Sam and Mags, and this is a recap for Season 45, Episode 6. We're six episodes in, Mags. Summarize tonight's episode in one word. Oh, one word. Putting you on the spot. Does mind-blowing count as one word if you hyphenate it? Yeah, mind-blowing. Well, hyphenated, I would have said papayas. <laughs> do you want to recap it with me? Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Do you want to talk about it for like an hour, hour and a half? I'm down. Let's do it. So we start off. I did it last time, so it's your turn to do the Jeff impression of previously on Survivor. All right. Previously on Survivor. That's, <gasps> that's pretty good. I surprised myself. <laughs> We get Jeff gives us the previously on Survivor. We really start the episode with Kendra's weird noises and just a montage of all the weird noises and things that she's done. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. We also get a kind of a preview of what's to come by looking back on the very first day, day zero, when they're back on that barge of Emily versus Bruce, their very first interaction, yeah, foreshadowing things to come in the episode. And then we also get a recap of the amulet versus the sandwiches, <laughs> that battle that happened as well. And of course, Brando going home at the end of last week's episode. Anything I'm missing in this recap? Nope, you got it. Okay, that was the previously on Survivor. And we transition with some fun music to the after the vote back on Bello Beach. Let me tell you, whoever normally does the music for Survivor took a took a vacation this week and there was a new gal in charge of the music on survivor and you know sometimes she did great sometimes she uh did a little spicy yeah they some of the moments gave me some like some of the uh spider-man spy into the spider-verse vibes <laughs> i actually have a recording that i'll bring up later that it was like so crazy. I was like, what am I watching? I, I took the recording so I could show you. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited for that. But we get a talking head from Emily talking about voting Brendo out, even in death. <laughs> poor guy. Can't get his name said correctly by Emily. The disrespect is crazy. Coming back, Kendra was the only one left out of the vote who's still there. And Emily apologizes, you know, saying... We wanted to include you in the vote. Unfortunately, you're the enemy, so we're not going to tell you what our plans are. Kendra did a great job, I thought, reacting to this, and it seemed like smoothed over for her. I don't know how to say it, but like, it wasn't like there was a lot of animosity from the people who lied to her. Sometimes, like last episode, people are mad that you're reacting so good, but it just feels like she had a good reaction and they accepted that, which made me happy for her. Yeah, and she's lucky that it was dark too because in the night vision that you through the cameras you could just see as she's responding like, "Yeah, no, we're all good. I'm I want to work with you guys." She's just staring off blankly into the distance. Oof, I don't like, know about blankly as much as like trying to gather her soul, yeah. pieces of her soul that have shattered. Uh -huh. She's trying to piece them back together. She and, looked intense yeah, in the dark. Did. And she has a really funny talking head where she just is like, yeah, I'm getting revenge on Emily. And I just love that. I love when people have this person that they want out with the, a passion. The irrational vendettas. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And we get quite a bit of that in this episode, which is one of the many reasons why this episode was so awesome. This is one of the more fun, chaotic parts of Survivor. I agree with you because mm -hmm. it's like... In a perfect world, right, you can forget all of the things that have happened and you make the smartest decision for yourself every round, right? right? Every tribal council. But nobody does that. Almost nobody does that. Everybody just thinks of who voted for me. I'm gunning for them yes. now. You know, and, and they forget about, you know, the fact that there are other reasons to vote people out other than you just don't like them or they voted for you in the past. And, and so this episode we see a lot of that a lot of personal vendetta right clouding judgment and some good gameplay as well but we'll talk about it after this uh, you know back at the beach moment we get the intro music and uh, the cast you know has their moment 
And uh, I noticed no real edits have been made the last couple of episodes. I think this is the intro that they're sticking with for the rest of the season. I'm not going to lie. I'm a disgrace. I skipped the intro. You skipped the intro? I know. After all that fit throwing I did about wanting the intro back, turns out it's just (laughs) a little bit of a waste of time. (laughs) I basically, I almost turned off the episode after the intro. I thought... (laughs) Got my fill. <laughs> After the intro, we get to the Lulu Beach. Caleb has started yet another group search for the idol. Guess who finds it? I was so bothered that Bruce found it. He was literally the last person on that tribe that I wanted to find it. And when they're all searching for it, you know, sometimes the music like gets excited when somebody else is going for it. I just kept getting kind of faked out where I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be Jake, you know, and uh, when it was Bruce, I was disappointed isn't even a strong enough word (laughs) speaking of chaos and going after people for personal vendettas bruce is the king of that so i hope he stays around just for that he's he's been entertaining to watch especially this episode because he's the king of making decisions based on his gut feelings not his you know instincts to keep himself alive that's kind of the funky part about survivor is these people that you don't like Make great TV, though. Yeah. When they're searching for those idols, too, Kelly says that she's taken, like, a bunch of spider webs to the face (laughs) while they're searching for the idols. And I just thought that's where I would draw the line. When I'm out there and I'm looking for an idol, the first spider web to get me in the face, I'm like, okay, that's it. (laughs) I'm calling it. I'm done with this. (laughs) Uh, Spider web to the face. There's nothing more frustrating because you're grasping uh-huh. To get it off. At seemingly nothing. At nothing. At air. And all day you will be like grabbing at the spot where the spider web grazed you thinking that like it's, it's still there. It's still there. And you'll feel a spider on you. Bruce's clue tells him and everybody who's with him, which is everybody except for Keturah, that the idol is hidden underneath the shelter and that they need to dig under the shelter. Bruce books it to the shelter He's got Kelly running lookout for him because Katura is away from camp. She's literally the only one who's not in the loop with this idle situation. And man, the timing on this is actually kind of crazy. It is so crazy. This is just one of the many attributes to why this was a great episode. I loved this. They are digging around for that idol. And then that boat comes up to let them know that they're about to merge. And they have, what, five minutes to gather their things? Yeah. They, ten minutes. They oh, say ten minutes that. to gather your things and then move it back to the boat to move to the other beach. So I was actually a little bit. I mean, you know, I really didn't w- want Bruce to get it at first. When I saw him get the clue, I was really bummed. But because of the time crunch and the intense moment, you know, everybody loves an underdog. I was actually way happy that he found it, just for a short moment. <laughs> it was short lived, but I was happy. It was just the right circumstances. For you to actually enjoy him finding the idol. Correct. Before that, though, we do get Jake with this master plan where he's going <laughs> to pretend that he lost one of the rings on his necklace to give himself and Bruce an excuse to be looking through the sand underneath the shelter. Kind of a genius idea, actually. Yeah, it was. Super cheesy the way he played it and the way he <laughs> winks at Bruce mm-hmm. and at Caleb and kind of, you know, bounces his eyebrows up and down at the camera like, we got him. He gives a direct look to camera, which I love. Yeah. And he just starts searching. The problem with that is is if you don't, you know, 10 minutes later, they got to get on this boat. Is he going to pretend he found the ring? Or does he have to just hide that ring for the rest of the game now? (laughs) I really like Jake. After last episode, my like and love for him is just going up and up. Yeah. He had some fun moments. Also, did you catch Bruce's talking head where he says, because I'm a celebrity, everyone's going to want me out. So thank goodness I got this idol. I did see that. I'm just like, dude, you're not Boston Rob. He's got it to counteract his celebrity status. Yeah. Like, who do you think that you are? You played less than 12 hours of Survivor. You have 12 hours on these guys. I I think it's fantastic. That he thinks of himself as a celebrity. Yeah. We watch Survivor and we wouldn't have recognized him on the street. 
No. If they started mm-hmm. this season and didn't mention his history in the last season. You would have had no idea. I would have had no recollection of this yeah, guy. He could be on the Today Show as Bruce from Survivor. And I would have seen him and thought, what season was he on? Oh, Survivor UK. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it cuts to the Reba Beach. And Jay hears the boats coming. They get the letter. Says that all the other tribes are coming to their beach. Drop your buffs. She's immediately excited, but she's got to get that place in order. Time to wipe <laughs> the baseboards down, vacuum. It reminded me of uh, that video. Her first reaction was to fluff the pillows. You know. Oh my gosh, I love that. People video. can't know we sit. <laughs> yes, that, that video. The video of the kid pretending to be his mom yeah. before company comes over. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we need this place looking like Disney on ice yeah. in ten minutes. I want these pillows looking like freshly popped popcorn. That's right. That's exactly what I thought Jay was in this moment. She got to clean up. She wanted to go carve welcome into the sand on the beach. And Mama Julie Mm -hmm. was not having that. She's like, that's a great idea for you. I don't have the energy for that. (laughs) That's right. I saw something that, uh, that made me laugh with Mama Julie. It was someone on Twitter was talking about how on all Survivor reality shows, if there's a woman over the age of 40, she becomes Mama and then her first name. Yes. I almost said this last time. It's it's so true. It is 100% true. Even if you don't want it, you have seen women on this show be like, I don't want to be considered the mom. And they just are because they're old and a woman. Because they have kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. I would just like to see a contestant like Bruce, who's old and has kids, be called Daddy Bruce. Let's go with Papa Bruce. (laughs) I don't want anybody calling him Daddy. (laughs) It cuts to a shot of Bruce. He's talking about his idol. And uh, you can see now he's going into this merge with some confidence. He's excited that he's got the idol. Really I feel like he he feels like he's armed for the battle. Exactly. And uh, gives him this kind of on top of his celebrity status. <laughs> it gives him this swagger that he's excited to have going into the merge. Everybody else arrives at the beach. They all hug, chat, you know, get to know each other, meet new people who they haven't met yet. And, um, you know, it's like it's a good time. Everybody's just hanging out is what it felt like. It's always like this, though, at the merge, don't you think? I honestly think this was a little bit more hype than I've seen recently. These guys were overjoyed to be merged. I think we can thank Sifu and Kendra for that. Yes, uh-huh. we have a lot of like really extroverted, loud people this season yeah. that make moments like this really fun. Caleb was so excited. Oh, yeah. He shone like a star. Shone. Shined? Shined. I think it's shined. When is shown used? I think it's shoneth. Shoned. He's shown me. <laughs> I don't think anybody ever says shown. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like you can say S-H-O-W-N. Like. Yeah, what is that one? Like it's been shown. The house was shown to so the I'm going to say he shined? <laughs> but yeah, shined is probably the past tense. He shined in this moment. Caleb's shown like a star. (laughs) (laughs) But Caleb has a really awesome quote where he says, I don't know what's crazier, that I made the merge or that I made the merge with Emily as my number one ally. And as the viewer, it's like, yeah, we never saw that coming for you guys. (laughs) At the beginning of this season, nobody ever would have predicted that. They have really this moment too where they're all together and Dee announces that they've saved a fish. Or some fish, something. Caught a fish. Yeah, Yeah. it's from the reward. I think that they want to share with everybody and to celebrate coming together, a mini merge feast, (laughs) as it were. Kendra is so excited for this fish; she's losing her mind. And I think Sifu saw a spiritual connection with with Kendra in this moment, with her kind of zany outgoingness yeah sifu saw that and thought that's the girl for me i'm gonna marry her i can vibe with that (laughs) oh yeah no that yeah Yeah. that too exactly i think that got him excited to play the game and be 
on the merge, you know, in the merge again. Yeah, I agree. We get a lot of awesome mini conversations here, clips of new people meeting, old people rekindling and um, getting each other caught up. And Austin's telling his forward tribe mates that he has the amulet now and telling them, you know, how he didn't want to take it. And now he's got this target on his back and how he just wants to get out the other two so badly now. Again, this is just adding to the revenge of this season that I love when people just have this death wish for somebody. It is fueling me. <laughs> the sandwich revenge uh-huh. is bubbling uh-huh. into the surface. Emily similarly goes to Bruce to apologize for their death step yep. on the barge at the marooning. And Bruce plays it cool, says, yeah, it's probably the best gameplay we've seen from Bruce all season absolutely he handles it great Mm -hmm. he says no it's all water under the bridge you know that's just what you thought in the moment you said it no big deal let's move on and he he has a talking head where he says but underneath i'm gonna get her yeah again irrational Uh why not be willing to work with her yeah at least for now he rules out so many people based on these snap judgments and is really going to come back and bite him in the butt that he's not willing to be open-minded yeah. If everybody had gone with their snap judgment on Emily, like think of Caleb, if he would have gotten voted out today. Yeah. Drew, though, this is this plays into exactly what we were talking about last week with Drew. He has this talking head where he's talking about everybody coming together on the same beach and everybody's buddy buddy and chatting it up. It's it's hunky dory city <laughs> out there on the beach. And Drew has had enough. He's ready to draw the battle lines. Mm -hmm. He's telling them, get on your horses, go stand over there, put your helmet on, and get your jousting stick. We're about to do this thing. He's he's, he's wanting to fight. He's wanting to battle. And he is sick and tired of this kumbaya nonsense. Hunky-dory. What was the other thing that we said? Uh, Peaches and cream. The peaches and cream garbage. (laughs) That's happening on this merged beach. He's ready. He's ready to just duel it out. He doesn't want this. He doesn't want to get to know the enemy. That just wastes time. Wastes <laughs> his time. That is that is his mentality. Seriously though, like I know we're laughing and joking about it, but that is him. He's he doesn't care to get to know the people that he thinks he's not going to work with, and he is also, in a different way, like Bruce, close-minded. Yeah, and it's hard because it, it. I feel like. He seems to get along with everybody. True. So they may not be showing it. He may be doing the buddy-buddy thing and being friendly as part of his gameplay because he does seem to be pretty well-liked amongst the tribe, unlike Bruce. Right. But internally, he hates it. (laughs) Oh, it's eating him up inside. He doesn't want to stab anyone in the back. He wants to stab him right in the face. (laughs) It was so funny when they're sitting around and there's that praying mantis. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. they're like, it looks like it's dancing and they're laughing and beatboxing and cheering to it. And I just thought, now this is a group of people who haven't touched a phone. That's right. In 13 days. <laughs> After a commercial break, we come back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But during that commercial break, Jeff doesn't add. Really? Yeah. Are they like... I skipped through it. Are they running out of people applying to Survivor? Like... He sold out. This is like the equivalent of when like somebody super famous does a commercial for something super lame and you're just like, why? I'm like, are you guys that desperate for contestants and you need to ask people to apply? Are you swimming in applications? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a slap in the face to everyone who's applied and didn't get in. Back to the merged beach after the commercial break and it's starting to rain. And this rain, the water seems to activate Sifu, <laughs> he's something about it. There's a chemical reaction as it touches him. Mm-hmm. He just goes off. Yep. I loved this. I really love when it rains on Survivor. It didn't rain long enough for my taste. Mm. But I did think that Sifu is a great contestant for the rain. Mm-hmm. There are two types of Survivor players. The people who are just like, what, it's just a little water, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And the people who just like shrivel up literally and <laughs> mentally and cannot stand it and it breaks them yeah. kind of made me think um 
Russell Hans season. Mm-hmm. It rained for days, and he on like day five was like, "It's just a little water. I don't care." Mm-hmm. And while meanwhile, his tribe mates are like carving out holes in trees, like going <laughs> insane. <laughs> yeah, no, Sifu just thrives in it. He's dancing around, you know, and uh, just really coming alive. He gets some good Truly. screen time here, which has been good. I feel like we've been missing some Sifu screen time. And wouldn't it just be wild if Sifu won this game? It would be. It and would be crazy. This was his story. <laughs> if if Sifu wins the game, I will be shocked. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. But hey, If Gabler wrong. can win. Hey, Gabler was a mastermind, okay? Let's just <laughs> relax. Caleb, in the meantime, is chatting with everybody. He's flashing that million-dollar Canadian smile. <laughs> at uh, everybody and i mean he already has pre-existing relationships with pretty much everybody so he's just kind of cashing in on that and uh everybody likes him except you know who doesn't like him who mr likability himself he was probably voted most likable in high school bruce <laughs> bruce says he hasn't had a single one-on-one conversation with anyone and it shows him saying that to four people who's having a one-on-one conversation with. <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps mm. saying, nobody's talking to me. And I'm like, dude, pick a different conversation topic. <laughs> he just, he's so, he's wallowing in self-pity, okay? He was, he's the celebrity. <laughs> like, do they not, I, I'm with Bruce on this. Do the rest of the castaways not understand just the shadow that Bruce casts <laughs> over this entire season. If you want to talk to Bruce, you got to go to him. Exactly. He brings the Make an appointment. status. Exactly. Talk to his assistant <laughs> and schedule a time <laughs> to talk with him one-on-one because it is a delight if you ask him. <laughs> he is upset that Caleb's getting this one-on-one time with everyone. And so he confronts him. And he really is, he's the bellow version of Drew, where he sees things in this black and white way of it's us against the enemy, right? We we don't talk with the enemy. We don't fraternize with them. You talk to me. Yeah. I'm your friend. Uh-huh. I'm your pal. Which, unless you're Boston Rob 20 years ago, yeah, doesn't really work out so well. I was so surprised. There's one every season where somebody like that gives their spiel like that to a tribe mate and then that tribe mate goes to the camera and says what does he think he's the mob boss it's a common thing on survivor it is caleb then goes and plants like the seeds of doubt against bruce and it works with kelly kelly admits to not liking bruce and being bothered by bruce and i thought this is good caleb is planting some seeds um, to, you know, create those fractures and hopefully be able to, you know, reap what he's sown yeah. later. Caleb's really good at picking up on what's happening mm-hmm. and trying to stay on top of it. And that was good. He was catching wind that Bruce is, you know, talking badly about him. And there he goes. He can give some information and can get on top of it to remain in everybody's good graces instead of letting Bruce get in their ear too much. Yep. And we go to a commercial, which we'll take a break as well. And when we come back, we have our very first immunity challenge post-merge. With Christmas less than two months away, now is the perfect time to head over to Jancy & Co. to snag some of those great holiday deals for that special someone in your life. Macrame, embroideries, weavings, Jancy & Co. is here to make the perfect alliance for your holiday shopping needs. For a limited time, save 26% with code HOLIDAYMERGE at Jancy & Co. on Etsy at jancyann.com. That's 26% off with the code Holiday Merge at Jancy Ann Co. on Etsy or jancyann.com. That's J-A-N-C-Y-A-N-N-C-O. Welcome back. Let's get to the immunity challenge. Mags, do you want to break that down for us? Yes, I do. They are randomly divided into two groups of six. One player at a time has to crawl under a muddy net 
to a cart. Once everybody makes it to their cart, they must push it across a field collecting heavy sandbags along the way. Then they can use those sandbags to get to the top of a tower. Once everybody's at the top of the tower, they receive, surprise, surprise, a set of keys, slide down the tower, and work together to get to the top of a huge boulder. Once they are at the top, two players will use those keys to unlock pieces to solve a first part of their puzzle. Then, once completed, two more players will solve the second and last puzzle. This is a big, long challenge. I've never seen people complain about a challenge. Before it even started. Before it even started. This, by the way, is where I heard that weird music. I've got a little recording of it here. What's that from? That's not from Survivor. That sounded like a beehive. <laughs> it did kind of have a buzzing sound to it, didn't it? But I thought uh, this challenge is fitting for that music. It's stressful. Because we do get Jeff giving that speech about how to earn your way into the merge. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, they're going to split up into two teams of six with one person doesn't get to be on a team, but they choose which team to be attached to. And their fate is tied to the fate of that team. And uh, it's just a random rock poll. The winning team gets immunity and will not be voted out, but they get to vote at the tribal council. The losing team is vulnerable. Yes. Crazy high stakes. The tribes split pretty unfairly. As they're drawing their rocks, Drew says, I'm so nervous to Jeff as he's handing him the bag to draw. Mm -hmm. And Jeff's like, all right, take one. (laughs) (laughs) Not your therapist. (laughs) Couldn't care less, Drew. Yeah, Jeff, I hope, is because of the people who are quitting. I hope he's dropping the friend act. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you want to chat with me? That's too bad. Take your rock. Yeah, we get a pretty rough split. Did you write down who's on whose team? I didn't even write it down. No, I didn't. So all the good people are on the blue team. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much it. Uh, All the good people minus Caleb. It's a lot of, yeah, uh, the big strong people are on the blue team. We have uh, Austin and... Sifu and Bruce and Drew and Kendra and is it, who's the last? Julie. Julie. That's right. Julie's the last one on the blue team. And then on the red team, it's everybody else except for Keturah who is in the middle and Keturah has eyes. So (laughs) she chooses to be with the blue team. (laughs) Before the challenge starts, Drew has a quote, and it's so true. It's something I've always thought I never could articulate as good as he did here, where he says, puzzles are the great equalizer on Survivor. And it's so true. In talking about how this challenge has two puzzles, and so they need to, you know, be prepared for that, and that brute strength isn't going to get them as far. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. In my mind... All of the physical part of these challenges is just a time killer until you get to the puzzle. These puzzles are the make or break. Yeah, they are. If you can't solve those puzzles, you're going to, it doesn't matter how good you are physically, because everybody's going to be able to finish those physical parts of the challenge. But the puzzles are really, they if they stump you, it'll ruin everything. Yep. There's another good quote from uh, Kelly talking about she's on the the red team, the loser team, and the challenge hasn't even started, but that's what they're called. (laughs) And uh, she says, you know, there's a bunch of big dudes over there. And as she says that, Sifu kind of like points to himself sheepishly and kind (laughs) of looks around me. Is she talking about me? It's a great moment. (laughs) And the end of her quote, though, is, but luckily I've never been scared of big dudes. (laughs) It's a good quote. (laughs) It is a good quote. The challenge starts, they go through the net, the blue tribe flies through the under the net portion, red tribe struggles, primarily Jay struggles with it, it looks like her hair is Why didn't Jay put her hair in a low bun? That's the ideal hairdo for this. I did notice that they're putting a lot of drone shots in for this episode. Did you notice that? Oh, no, I didn't notice. Yeah, some swooping drone shots, kind of... Some different cinematography, 
for during the challenge. Yeah. I thought that was kind of new. They've been cool. adding a lot more drone shots on the beach and things like that, but they had some going, you know, during the action. Cool. As the blue tribe took their lead, they're pushing their cart along and uh, they crawl up the cargo net to get to the top of the tower. You know, Drew crawls up there like a daddy long leg, just <laughs> gets up to the top. And uh, shortly thereafter, wedges himself. Yeah. <laughs> Is that correct grammar? I'm sure he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> If anybody knows what a wedgie is He's like. the smartest person ever played this game. I'm sure he would not speak incorrectly. <laughs> he seems like a wedgie expert. So he says that after he bounces down the cargo net on his butt. Mm-hmm. And I have to say on the list of coolest ways to go down a net, mm-hmm. bouncing on your butt is got to be dead last. It has got to be dead last. It is. So many people do it. So many people do it. And let me tell you, that is the equivalent to straddling a balance beam and scooting your way across it. <laughs> the old straddle scooch. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand why that was the I think it's because Sifu did it first. Yep. And he got a big pat on the back from Jeff with a, Why? It's not That's a good... how you do it on Survivor. That's not how you do it on Survivor. Like, what is how Jeff about talking we just do about? Things efficiently on yeah. Survivor. He also said that to Hannah on the first episode when she For face ate planting. a bunch of mud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeff doesn't care about uh, efficiency. Nope. All you got to do is just roll down. I was going to say that's probably at the top of the list for coolest ways to go down. Yeah. I don't know about coolest, but fastest. Well, you don't think that's cool? We have two people who injure themselves on the way down doing that from the loser tribe. They're doing the bum scooch, you know, the bum bounce. I got it all mixed up. <laughs> They're doing the bum bounce down. It looks like Jake maybe hyperextends his knee Ooh. in this moment. And then brutal day for kelly she goes from getting spider webs in her face to smashing her face against her knee yeah that didn't that looked like it hurt still would prefer hitting my own face against my own knee in the spider webs yeah really (laughs) (laughs) blue takes quite the commanding lead they're actually at the puzzles already started the puzzle at the same time that the red team makes it to the top of the tower and starts going down the cargo net. So they have, you know, a few minutes of time to start their puzzle before Red even gets to the puzzle. This puzzle was not particularly difficult, did you think? No. I would be somebody who would do poorly on the puzzles, but I think I could have done this one. Yeah, I think you're correct. Okay, ouch. (laughs) (laughs) You said it. I mean, come on. I... You're going to think I'm making this up, but I didn't make this up. When I was watching this episode, my TV paused to buffer for a little bit. It's having, I guess, slow internet. And it paused right during Jeff's breakdown when he was talking about the puzzle. So on my screen while it was buffering, I could see the word puzzle that, that they have to solve as the second part of the puzzle. Okay. And in the 30 seconds, probably, that I was looking at this word puzzle, this is right before they actually show you the solution during the breakdown. Sure. I got 90% of it. Get out. In the 30 seconds. That's good. It was safe and then a leaf minus an F. Safely. Pretty easy. And then it was a cow mooing. You could see it saying something. And it added... A V, I think. So then it was move and then a ring minus an R. So moving, safely moving. And then it was four words. Pretty easy. Four word. And then two. The only one that I didn't get was the two nights at the end minus the S. So two night. Didn't get that part until after it finished buffering. But that's honestly was, super impressive. It was a pretty I saw the leaf and was way confused. And honestly, I didn't understand how the leaf played into it until you just broke it down for me right now. (laughs) I think it was because we've been watching the show about the celebrities' relatives who live in the house together. Yeah, Claim to Fame. Claim to Fame. We've been watching that show. That's a good show. And they have those kinds of word puzzles 
all like those clue puzzles. Yeah, they do. On those. And so I think having watched that show, those were kind of, I'd had some practice. And so, but it was not that difficult. It was not difficult enough for Red to be able to come anywhere close and Blue wins the challenge. Blue wins the challenge and all of a sudden it's just like the mud disappears from them. It's like I don't even (laughs) see the mud on them anymore. But the Red team, the Red team's mud is like a different kind of mud. It is so sad looking. It just adds insult to injury. And Emily looks like a puppy who's the runt of the litter who didn't get picked and then got mud dumped on her. It was so sad. I actually thought the mud was kind of flattering on Emily. (laughs) We get the sanctuary back. It is a reward. We get our namesake, the Merge Feast. Honestly, I was worried they weren't going to say the Merge Feast. They danced around it. They were like, I'm so excited to go to the Merge Meal. Yeah, Jeff calls it the merge meal. Yeah. Unbelievable. I was like, okay. He sends off the winning tribe off to the sanctuary and they get their meal and then he sends the other six home to basically cry together. (laughs) There is something so satisfying about seeing this winning team of starving people just absolutely destroy a meal together. They are chugging beer. They're shoving pasta into their mouths. They're eating bread. Oh, it just was like food for my soul to see these guys finally eat some real food. It was good to see them. They seemed like different people, mm-hmm. you know, in that moment. It's like the, all this, like the Snickers line where mm-hmm. it's like, you're not you when you're hungry. Can you imagine being the worst version of yourself, starving, and then just being on TV? For two weeks? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be crazy. That's maybe why Jeff has to put together those commercials to get people to apply. <laughs> it's not all enticing. <laughs> they kind of start talking about, you know, who, you know, let's talk strategy. Who do we want to throw names out? And usually on Survivor, when that happens, people are pretty reserved. They yep. don't really throw people's names out that willingly. Because you're in this huge group of people made up of different alliances. It'd be stupid to throw out a name unless there was... No, it's always stupid. (laughs) But it becomes basically a game of Frisbee. Mm -hmm. They're just using each other's names and just throwing them out there back and forth. Sifu starts out, he throws out Jay's name and then Caleb's name gets thrown out and then Emily and everybody's just talking about, you know, who, who should we get out first and... And uh, it was interesting to me to see that because Caleb and Emily were both on the losing side of this, the Bello and Reba tribes originally almost decide to come together and work together in this first vote to just get out one of the floaters. Right. And everybody thinks that's a good idea. It's absolutely ridiculous. Pull those floaters in now. Yeah. Get your get your number, get your trust going. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to go into a battle, as Drew might look at it, without those extra numbers? Get someone you know won't work with you for sure out, right? Yes. Someone who's in the core of the Bellow Alliance. Right. Target them, not one of the people who could potentially work with you. Absolutely. Doesn't make any sense to me. They are threatened by Caleb's niceness. Let's not pretend it's not real. They're threatened by Caleb being an absolute amazing survivor player. I hate to admit it because I, I don't want people to want him to go home. They're 100% correct in being threatened by him. They're spot on. But I am extremely defensive on behalf of Caleb. and didn't. I will say or do anything to keep Caleb on this season of Survivor. He's the all-around package and everybody can see it. Everybody knows it. Yep. And he is too good at what he's doing. He doesn't have, he's almost too polished. Yeah. He doesn't have the imperfections that allow people to see past him, even for one vote. Right. And that's the problem. That's his biggest problem, honestly. And he, of course, gets unlucky that he's on the, you know, the loser side here. Yeah. Back at the merge beach. 
we have Jay also throwing Caleb's name out there. Um, she wants him gone. She's talking to the other losers, says that he's the biggest threat. So there does seem to be some sort of same wavelength between the people at the merge beach and the people at the sanctuary eating the meal. Right. And D is the only one who says something different. She says maybe Jay. She wants Jay out. So, so far, two people have suggested Jay, both of them being her former Reba tribe mates. Yeah. In Sifu so and D. Stupid, but... I agree with you. But here we are. And Austin, I thought, would be all on board with this. Yeah. He's, he's ready to get his revenge. His Sandwich revenge. Yeah, from Sandwich's past. But unfortunately for us, the viewers, Austin's thirst for revenge, the revenge of the sandwich, seems to have been curbed somewhat by him going to the merge feast and getting to eat. Yeah, that's not what I'm about. I want you to hold on to that grudge. Exactly. And I want you to take it with you We all em- through the game. Yeah, we would love to embrace... We want to embrace the irrational thoughts yeah, and act on them. I want it to only grow bigger and stronger until it's all he can think about. That's right. Until, it's not too much to ask for, honestly. Until all he's, he's looking around at his tribe mates and just sees big sandwiches walking around. <laughs> we need to talk about when they get back. We have this great moment. When the winners get back, they still haven't had a chance to wash the mud off yeah. themselves. So they get back, but before they go back to the... You know, the camp, to talk with everybody, they go to the ocean to wash off together. Right. And the six that are at risk to go <laughs> home are all sitting on a log. Yep. Just waiting. Yep. For them to come back and play with them, basically. <laughs> and in the perfect moment, they're all sitting there listening to them laughing and having fun out in the, in the ocean. They're all sitting there sad on a log. In the perfect moment of silence, Emily just says, I hate them. <laughs> I thought it was great. It was so relatable. They just all have the fat happies and they're uh, just splashing in the water, giggling and laughing, a little bit buzzed, and she couldn't be feeling it more. Yeah. She just, they're all just waiting there. Caleb says, like cattle, just waiting for which one of them is going to get picked. Yeah. <laughs> they finally get all together, and Bruce sees Caleb. He's, you know, chatting it up with everybody. Doesn't like that. So he's jumped on board with the vote. Let's vote Caleb out. Yeah. And I thought in this moment, how come nobody's seeing Caleb as a shield? Right. Especially Bruce. Yeah. You'd think people like Bruce, Austin, these kind of other big physical threats, Mm -hmm. Sifu probably, they would see... Caleb is this great shield so true. for challenges going forward. That is such a great point. Honestly, nobody in this season has cared much for shields. Mm-hmm. Last season was a very shield type of play. Mm-hmm. This one, nobody's even said that word. It's much more alliance driven in terms of who they've been with originally, who they trust. And they just want to keep those people around. It's people like Bruce and Drew who are trying to play much more old school games. Right. That's hurting Caleb in his kind of efforts to play this more new school style, more fluid game. Yes. Because they're playing a lot more rigid. And so it's making it difficult for Caleb to fit in through the cracks. Right. And you kind of get this montage where... It seems like it's overwhelmingly going to be Caleb. Mm -hmm. And it's really sad. And, you know, Emily's in on these conversations where everybody says it's going to be Caleb tonight. I couldn't believe they just told Emily. I know. What do they think? I don't know. They don't know that these guys are ride or die. Look where they came from together. They both walked out of the fiery furnace together. Yeah. Holding hands. And they're just like, oh, yeah, Emily will be fine. She'll vote Caleb. It was wild. She handles it really well. Mm-hmm. She does a good job, you know, not defending him too much, but still kind of sticking her neck out for him a little bit. And she goes to Caleb and she tells them, like, the vote is you. Just to try and give him a heads up to see what he can do, if he can talk his way out of it, if he needs to play a shot in the dark or whatever. And you get this talking head from Caleb and he says... You know, people can smell the desperation, so I have to be really careful how I do this. And 
This makes me think of this scene in How I Met Your Mother when they talk about something that they coin the stink. And it's kind of hard to explain, but I feel like the easiest way to explain it would just be imagine that there is a single guy in a bar and he wants to ask out the prettiest girl in there. But he doesn't know if she's single or not, and he can't go up and ask her if she's single because he would have the stink that indicates that he is desperate to a pathetic degree. He would need his friend who is in a happy and committed relationship to ask because he has no stink, and so he could ask no problem. Mm. I hope that's a good way to describe that, but what I'm trying to say here is that Caleb is in a situation that would leave him reeking with stink after this conversation with Emily. Mm-hmm. He would have and did have this impossible task ahead of him to have these normal conversations to not let off any stink for these people to know that he knows he's the target. He has to have these conversations of putting out other people's names, but not sound desperate like he's scrambling. It's really like this like impossible task. And you can tell even his talking heads, his confessionals are very desperate yep he's kind of got this crazed look in his eye where he's trying he's trying everything and i think he kind of makes a misstep in this he does weaponize his information which i think is smart where he tells them that bruce has an idol and that he got it right before they left camp that's great weaponize that information tell people stir the pot cause chaos but why not so the seed that you planted earlier with Kelly and other members of Bello and with Reba and try and push the vote toward Bruce. Right. I Maybe he did and they just didn't show it, but it seems like he's still trying to push the vote toward Jay. Yep. He's telling people that Bruce has an idol and then he's... So let's vote out Jay. Let's vote out Jay. That You're doesn't right. connect. It's kind of weird. It's like he sets up this great thing and then doesn't finish it. Propose a big move. Vote out Bruce, blindside him tonight. If everybody's thinking they're going to vote me, you can blindside Bruce. Yes, who has an idol. He'll feel really safe. uh Uh-huh. He'll feel really safe. If he plays the idol, those people that you're blindsiding will still be voting for me. Right. So I go home if he plays the idol. There's no risk for you. You vote out Bruce. But he doesn't seem to do that. He's still trying to push Jay, which is a much less appealing option she's much less of a threat. People only want to vote her out because they don't feel like they're aligned with her. Yep. He has the great line where he can't be running around by himself. He's not Batman. He's just the Canadian. (laughs) I thought that was a great line. It was a great line. name of the episode as well. From here, we go to tribal council. And, you know, it starts off like a pretty normal tribal council just post-merge. There's no one in the jury yet. They're talking about kind of the merge dynamics, having everybody on the same beach. What's that like? What are the positives? What are the challenges? And they're kind of going back and forth. They talk about these office hours that they had. Yeah. Which I didn't fully understand. Yeah, me either. I'm, I'm assuming that means just they just had time open some people said yeah let's go talk like if anybody wants to talk to me come talk to me kind of a thing or you know somebody julie makes a comment of some people didn't have any office hours right meaning they're closed off to conversation they didn't want to talk to anybody that seems strange right i guess it seems like kendra was just overwhelmed so she did that strategy of she just stopped talking to people at a certain point because it was doing more harm than good, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Katura says that Sifu asked her how to spell her name, <laughs> which reminded me of uh, Ozzy and Cochran's season. That's right. <laughs> and Ozzy says to Cochran, so how do, how do you spell your name? And Cochran's like, uh, you don't need to know. I No, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. There's no need for you to know yeah. how to spell my name. Until the final tribal, then I'll tell you. Yeah. At the very end of this, it is clear that Caleb knows that he's the target and he's doing everything he can. He he takes the witness stand, mm-hmm. goes on a monologue where he pitches, everyone should vote Jay. I thought this was a great pitch. It was definitely hurled out there in desperation. It was, but I thought... I thought it was good. I thought he made a good speech about it. And like, obviously, he is still 
the main target. I'm not too blind to see mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But this is a great pitch for why somebody like Jay should grow. Not specifically that she herself is a huge target, but she is in a power position. Mm-hmm. And she's in an alliance that can control this game. So take her out, and then that alliance is now pegged down to two people, which that's not too big of a problem. It was a good idea. I think his only problem there was that pretty much everybody there knew that D and Julie were okay with voting J out. Yeah. And are not that tight with her. It's true. Because they had all basically been throwing her name out already. They knew Jay would probably be an easy later vote. We have a very, very relatable moment from Drew. At the very end of Caleb and Jay going back and forth, you know, kind of having their debate, Drew says, you know, Jeff, there's been some big swings taken. I think we're all excited to find out whether they were home runs or strikeouts. (laughs) He comes in with this sports analogy out of nowhere. And everybody says like, wow, what a great analogy. (laughs) And he kind of like leans forward, kind of looks around, so pleased with himself. (laughs) I thought this is so relatable because we've all had that moment where we make a joke or we tell a story or we make a comment to a group of people. And it just lands. That impresses people. And we just, you know, you just kind of get that feeling of like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> I did it. And that's that's how You could see that look on Drew's see face. The look on Drew's face. He was just he was not expecting that to go as well as it did, you know? Uh-huh. But I wondered that sports analogy, do you think he had that pre prepared? Yeah, that was he didn't come up with that off the cuff. That was something do you think he came up with that on the beach or like at no, home a few at years home. ago? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was too generic. <laughs> and he saw the time to say that line that he perfectly and artfully crafted. Yeah. He's been watching Survivor for years and thought, I can't believe nobody said this. <laughs> after after Caleb makes his pitch, be honest, did you think anybody was going to ch- change their vote? No, I didn't. But it was a great speech. Me neither. I agreed with you. And I don't think anybody was going to change their vote. They get up to the voting booth. Sifu gets up there. He looks at his parchment and he says, this could change the game. (laughs) (laughs) I did not catch that. Uh, I don't think he understands the math very much. (laughs) He changes his one vote. We still get 12 votes for Caleb. (laughs) I don't think it's going to change the game that much other than it's going to make a lot of people bugged at you. Right. Made me laugh. (laughs) After the votes are tallied, Jeff brings the urn, asks if anybody has an idol. Nobody has an idol, but Caleb reveals that he's played his shot in the dark. Before I even knew what the results of Caleb's shot in the dark were, I think I finally understood and appreciated the shot in the dark. Should we explain what it is? To Yes. It's essentially a die that each player gets at the beginning of the season that they keep with them. At the time to vote during tribal council, they can choose to forgo their vote. They don't, they choose not to vote and they put their die in an urn and they get to choose one of six scrolls in the urn blindly. One of those six scrolls says safe. The other five say not safe. Right. Essentially, it's just a one in six shot at safety. Mm-hmm. That's why they call it a shot in the dark. Yes. The name of it was a big part of my beef. Okay. I just thought, why is it called that? Like, I understand. It explains perfectly what it is. They should turn the lights off. (laughs) I just think calling it a shot in the dark was weird. Like, I wish they called it something else, like um, an idol. I I just wish it had a one word name to it. It's been used for five seasons now, four seasons now, and it has never worked. It has always been not safe. So we haven't one person was safe. Oh, really? But nobody voted for them. Oh, last so it season. was. Okay, yeah. So, so it just hasn't been used mm-hmm, correctly. Exactly. Before we even knew the results of it, I finally had an appreciation for it because it is perfect in these situations for players like Caleb who get voted out because they are a great player. 
And so it kind of makes the game of Survivor have this weird, I don't know what to say it, but it's like, if you're too good, you can't win, which is too bad because sometimes you just want to see a good player win Survivor mm-hmm. instead of just at the end to get these the final three, which are three just medium players. Mm-hmm. So that's when I finally understood and appreciated the shot in the dark. When it's times like this where a player who's actually good stands a chance at making it through mm-hmm. and Even, doesn't isn't penalized for being a good player. Exactly. Yeah, I think uh, that is, you know, that is the value in it. Caleb hands over his scroll to Jeff and what a nerve wracking moment. Truly, I was nervous. Jeff unrolls the scroll and reveals the magic word. Caleb is safe. Oh, how, I how screamed at my TV. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I was so excited. I stood up. I was quiet, but I stood up. His shot in the dark worked, so any vote that was cast for him will not count. Jeff opens up the urn, reads every vote. Every single vote was for Caleb. Caleb didn't vote and Austin didn't vote. So there were 11 votes in there. All 11 were for Caleb. None of them counted. It was amazing. I was I was on cloud nine. This was such an exciting moment to happen in Survivor. They get a revote because Caleb is no longer eligible to be voted for, and there was no second place. Everyone who was not voted for gets to go and vote again, except for Austin. When Caleb's shot in the dark came through his safe, everybody was so excited. They knew they were part of a Survivor historic moment. Uh huh. The first time the shot in the dark had ever been effectively played. Everybody was excited except for Jay. Yep. She, was, she knew. She was crushed. Yep. And she knew that she was about to get voted out. They kind of have a moment of scramble here right before the, the revote where she tells everybody to vote for Emily, please. Uh-huh. It felt like watching a turkey on Thanksgiving Day. Oh. Be like, chicken? Does chicken sound good? Have you considered chicken? How seasonally appropriate. <laughs> that is a great analogy. She was she was cooked. <laughs> She's not allowed to play a shot in the dark. So the votes come through. One vote for Emily, which is Jay's vote. And the rest of the votes come through for Jay. And she goes home with 10 votes. Just... I was sad. I liked Jay. I did too. I was relieved because I liked Caleb more. And she kind of got swept up in the excitement. Things like the amulet. In terms of likability or like interesting to watch, I wished that somebody else had gone home because I really wanted to see how she would go. She kind of seemed like she hadn't broken through yet and how... I really imagined her to be a really strategic player come the merge. And I just kind of thought here was her time to blossom and just got cut short. Well, let's go to the voting stats. Yep. We got some good voting stats here. D, one vote. Drew, two votes. Emily, one vote. Sifu, one vote. Caleb, 12 votes. Oof. That one stings. Yes, it does. A pretty drastic difference in numbers here. But I love it. We've got a lot of people who have votes on them. And Caleb is really still the most obvious target. Caleb's a dead man walking. He really is. His his days are numbered. Mm -hmm. He just has to hope that something dramatic happens. Yeah, he needs to find an idol. Mm -hmm. Needs to find an idol or he needs someone else to make... A big move yeah. to make themselves more of a target. Yes. Whether that's, you know, he needs something to happen between like D and Bruce to pit them against each other and something. He needs something to happen yeah. to distract the other players from He's himself. He's going to have to play a game like Bob, like we talked about. He's going to need to be at the top of his game. Like he's going to need to be winning. Winning individual Yeah, because that's the only way he's making it through now. Finding idols. Absolutely. Or Devin. That's what I, uh, Devin. Is that his name? Rick Devins. Rick mm-hmm. Devins. Yeah. Um, that guy who was just like, same story, incredible, and found like had to find like four idols back to back just to get cut 
right before right the final before three. The final three yeah, but you know, tragic. if he could do a game mixed between Bob and Devin's, and he could maybe make his way through. Yeah, that's true. Let's get to our worst move and our best move. I've got worst move this week. Kick it off. I think our worst move of the week is really it's attributable to both the original Reba and original Bellow Tribe members for aiming their guns at the Lulu people in the middle instead of at each other. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. You can't be doing that. You do not want to be in a situation where you're in tie votes going forward. You have to attack the, if you're in a majority alliance, a bigger alliance, go after the other big alliances. Don't go after the the individuals. Pull those individuals in. I mean, you you summarized it nicely earlier. Go for Lulu. Take them into your alliance for the time being. Decimate the other alliance, and then start aiming for those Lulu people. And you know, you just have to make sure that the other majority is not going to get you first. Couldn't agree more. For the best move, I obviously couldn't go with the huge one, which is Caleb shot in the dark, all that good stuff. I've got a little bit of a smaller one that if Emily wins this game, this will be a good thing on her resume. I don't know how to say it, but I would say it was how she apologized to Bruce right off the bat. Mm. I think Bruce is going to end up in our jury. And if Emily's in the final three, I just know that Bruce could use this as ammo towards her if she didn't. What I'm trying to say is, in the case that she is in the final three and he is in the jury, he can't hold this over her head. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think Emily had an amazing episode. I think as always. She saved Caleb again yep. for the second time mm-hmm. by warning him to play his shot in the dark. She saved him again. She... Caleb is going to have to get rid of her now Yeah, it's before the bad. final three if he wants any chance of winning because she can sit there right next to him and say, yeah, he would have gone home twice if not for me. Yep. So hopefully she sees gonna have... that and can get rid of him first if yes. she wants to win. There will be a huge fireworks show when one of them has to blindside the other. It'll be a Jesse and what's the guy? Cody. Mm. It'll be a Jesse Cody type of blind side that will be devastating but it has to happen they can't be together in the final three not if caleb wants to win i think emily can beat caleb with their shared resume Mm -hmm. and her saving him twice yeah all right let's get to the mailbag last week's questions for the mailbag was what is the best reward before we get to the rewards i do have a message from the mailbag addressing something we talked about last week this one's from truman from utah he says I would absolutely eat a worm if I was on Survivor. I've eaten worms just to get a laugh out of my folks. (laughs) My favorite reward was on Survivor Panama. It was the Charmin Shack where the castaways got an outhouse. And it's only my favorite because two of the castaways spent a night drinking all of the tribe's wine while it was pouring rain outside. The tribe then got mad at them the next day because they drank all the wine. I can't think of a better way to weather a storm than sleeping in an outhouse while you're getting drunk with your new friend you met last week. Uh, I got to go back and rewatch that one. The Charmin Shack. I I miss the days. Thank you, Micah, by the way. I miss the days when rewards were sponsored. Yeah, you do like a sponsored reward. They used to be like sponsored by Chili's. That's right. They'd get, you know, the endless apps. No, no, no. Applebee's. That's what I'm thinking of. Applebee's. Potato, potato. The reward that is unforgettable to me and my partner is when retired FBI agent Joe got a food reward and stuffed himself full of steak and then had to self-eliminate because he couldn't go number two. (laughs) Thank you, Luca in London. I remember that. And it, yeah, cut to a very sad shot of him squatting in the water. With a very distressed look on his face. And yeah. I thought, man, that guy should have read the forms that mm-hmm. he signed on that contract. Seriously. He's lucky that he went on Survivor before memes were big. <laughs> oh, he would have been decimated on Twitter. He wouldn't yep. have been able to show his face with his FBI buddies again. <laughs> 
My favorite rewards were always seeing them do a fancy spa day or something like that. I loved how it shines a light on how absolutely disgusting and dirty they all are. Ha ha ha. They look totally out of place in those fluffy white robes. Thank you, Owen in Utah. I love when they get a survivor shower. It is really satisfying to me to see these guys get cleaned up. In the same way that it's satisfying to see them eat a meal, it's just like something that's like been withheld from them. It's really fun to see. I wonder how much of the shortened gameplay kind of takes away from those rewards. Yeah. If we were to even have a survivor shower, we're only two weeks in as opposed to three or four weeks in. That's the hard part about this new way of survivor. A lot of rewards become obsolete. Mm-hmm. Specifically the loved ones visit. I miss that. Yeah, I think that would probably be my favorite one. Yeah. That we don't get anymore. Let's get to our new question of the week. What do you got for them? Okay, I want to know what is everyone's thoughts on the shot in the dark? And of course, you can always send us your thoughts in general about the podcast or the episode. Uh, We love to hear your feedback and your additions to whatever we are saying or what we're watching. So send those in. You can email us at themergefeastpod at gmail.com or you can message us on one of our social media accounts on Instagram or TikTok at themergefeastpod or on Twitter or X at themergefeast. All in all, such a great episode. If I could go back in time, I wouldn't have said mind-blowing for my one word for this episode, but maybe just like awesome. This was true survivor. It had you standing up and yelling at your TV. Yeah, if I'm yelling at my TV, it's a good episode. And lately, I'm just yelling at Bachelor in Paradise. So this brought some heat back into Survivor that has been missing this season. Yeah, it was great. The shot in the dark finally paid off. The producers have been not wanting to give that up for so long. They're so happy this finally worked out. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Maybe they stuffed the the box. There were like three or four safes in there just to get it to work. We'll never know. 